Welcome to our Roots Say That We're Sisters podcast. This podcast series is sponsored by the Marquette Forum with support from Marquette University's Office of Institutional Diversity and Inclusion and the Haggerty Museum of Art. It's an extension of a Marquette University mural project to highlight and uplift diverse women-identified individuals whose images and contributions have been systematically made invisible. The artist, Mauricio Ramirez, used photographs of BIPOC women associated with Marquette as inspiration for the images in the mural. The Our Roots Say That We're Sisters podcast preserves the stories of female-identifying students, faculty, staff, and alumni who've used their gifts to make a meaningful impact on others, especially those who remain unsung heroes. I'm your host, Sheena Carey, from the Diedrich College of Communication. Joining us today is Laverta Sales Martin. Laverta, I'm going to let you tell the listeners where you are, what you do, and what's your connection to Marquette. Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me today. Again, my name is Laverta Sales Martin. I am a certified nurse midwife. I am a 2000 uh, graduate, class of 2000 of the College of Nursing um, with my master's degree in nurse midwifery. I work at Aurora Healthcare in the West Alice Women's Pavilion as a full scope certified nurse midwife where I spend much of my time. So what's the story you'd like to share today? Sure. I'm pleased to share my journey. I'm actually a native of Milwaukee. I am an African-American woman. I identify as female and she, her. I am a proud graduate of uh, the Milwaukee Public School System. I started my high school career at Dominican High School and then transferred to the High School of the Arts because of my focus on dance. So my vision became being focused on my art, being focused on my academics, um, and went through and graduated from the High School of the Arts. I did my undergraduate degree at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, where I did my Bachelor's of Science in Nursing, then worked for one year as a high-risk labor and delivery nurse at Aurora Sinai, which is a special place in my heart. Uh, And then I went on to do my midwifery training and education at Marquette University. Dance and then nursing. How do those two come together? And and do you dance in the... While you're delivering, I not guess. anymore. No, I'm a, I'm past my dance prime. But yeah, I was trained uh, in in classical ballet, a modern tap, jazz, and African. I was started in dance training when I was about three or four years old. So that remained a big part of my life all the way through high school and college. But yes, no, I do not dance during my deliveries or during my time uh, as a professional now. And I always say that my path has been uncertainly certain because I've always certainly known what I was going to do, and then became uncertain. And it was never my intention really to be a nurse, never even in my vision or in my goal. I thought I was going to be a physician, and it took some experience and some internships to realize that my calling was actually into nursing, not into medicine, and I'm very grateful that my calling, I listened to that um, and did not go ahead and pursue a degree in medicine. So how did your how does your identity um, inform the choices that you've made about career and um, other things in your life? I love this question. I am visibly an African-American woman, and that has always been a part of me that I hold as central because I know that's how the outside world sees me first. Before I open my mouth or before I speak anything about my truth, the world sees me as an African-American female. I attended a Catholic school on the east side of Milwaukee where myself and my cousin were the two African-American girls in that class. I went on to Dominican High School where African-Americans were present but not in high numbers 
numbers. So myself, I was seen first always as one of the black girls. Uh, the High School of the Arts was a little bit more diverse in terms of seeing patients or people who were artists and individuals that I went through the rest of my high school career with. But again, my exterior is that I am an African-American woman. So a lot of how others see me is how they view me on the ex- on the outside first. But that has shaped how I am because I always have felt that I have to be who I am, speak who I am, and speak my truth in terms of there's more to one's identity than just their race. So how has this identity shaped how you approach your the, the patients or clients that you're working with? Yes. That, well, again, that exterior is what people see before I even open my mouth, right? So I've had many challenging situations where even though I am the provider at this point in my career, I'm the person that patients are coming to see. If they have not done their research, sometimes patients are looking behind me to see, well, when am I going to see the provider? When am I going to see the nurse midwife? When am I going to see a doctor? Because uh, they don't quite realize that I am who they are here to see. So that um, is an interesting challenge. It actually tickles me a little bit because, again, sometimes the expectation is different from what someone sees on the outside. Not being highly visible in my career or visible in classroom settings or visible even in other social settings where I have grown up being in Milwaukee and staying in Milwaukee is something that I consider to be a challenge, something that I have considered to be part of my mission in terms of my own visibility with who I am, someone who's devoted to excellence but also remaining present in my community and staying visible. How has the mural project resonated for you? I just love the mural. I just think it's one of the most beautiful things I have seen um, because there's so much that is being spoken through the brush. You see women, um, not just who are racially diverse, but you see the religious diversity. You see women who are of different hues, um, all of whom have some history with Marquette. And that, to me, drew me in when I was first introduced to the project. It's just a beautiful thing to see because it's not something that I am accustomed to seeing as associated with Marquette. That's very, very true. Um, with that in mind, what has been the impact, do you think, um, that Marquette has had on women of color? Absolutely. I love this question, too. So visibility, I think, really shaped my perspective during my time at Marquette. I did a two-year program in three years. I'm very proud to say that because I was a working graduate student. And visibility, I'm going to keep using that word, seeing oneself, seeing someone who looks like you, that typically is a source of comfort for any student, whether that's a student of color or someone who's not a student of color. It can be for a male student or someone else. Being at Marquette was initially a very isolating experience. Um, I had no faculty at that time who were faculty of color. Um, Nursing in itself is a pretty homogenous profession and discipline in that the majority of people that we saw during the time that I was coming through nursing school and coming through graduate school fit into a certain box of being Caucasian women. Um, But there has been more diversity that has happened. But it was very isolating at first. It truly was. I was the first African-American certified nurse midwife to be licensed in the state of Wisconsin. And that was a really big deal for my Marquette professors. It was a big deal to me as well. Um, There was another nurse midwife who is Hispanic, but the African-American piece, knowing that, you know, African-American mortality is so high, especially when it comes to the maternal focus, that was a really big deal. And I hit the ground running just really wanting to focus on making an impact, being the person of color that I am, that people see me first. And that actually gets to a kind of a question that goes a little bit off script. You talked about visibility and visibility, you know, is is double sided, right? Not only how you see yourself, but of being seen by others. To what degree did you feel seen or at least while you were a student at Marquette or do you feel seen now? 
So uh, I felt like I was definitely seen um, for who I was. I was recruited into the program um, by someone who truly was one of my most inspiring individuals. She's not a woman of color, but she's a profound force within Marquette's Nurse Midwifery program. Um, and so I felt seen. I felt special because I was the first black person coming through that program. Um, and that was a big deal. I was um, a Robert Wood Johnson scholar um, because of the color of my skin. And I felt like that drew a lot of attention to what I was doing. It certainly was a motivator to me as well to make sure I stayed academically focused. And it was also a motivator for me as a Marquette student and also as a Marquette grad to remain committed to the community that I was then living in, but the community that we serve. I'm very keen on both Catholic education and Jesuit service because of my family's background. Both of my parents actually are um, educated by the Jesuits. And knowing that we owe to this world, knowing that community um, and giving back to the community and serving our community is, is, is essential to just our human presence in this world was very important to me. So being seen by those professors, especially those who I found to be extremely supportive, I did feel seen. I'm not sure about the Marquette climate now. Um, there certainly have been some disturbing things that I've seen in the media or in the news in terms of how students of color have felt they are not being seen or not being supported. Um, but I do know that there's a path in place and there, there, there are ways that are trying to be navigated to fix those problems. So how would you say Marquette has um, impacted your sense of self-worth? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. I love these questions. A great question, too. Initially, uh, I, I would say there were some dings um, simply because you do look to someone who looks like you, you're looking for a source of strength. You're looking for a source of support. And typically, especially when you are the only or the first or whatever, you're looking for someone else to kind of guide you along your path. So initially, that was a challenge. But what I did find within the Nurse Midwifery Program at Marquette, within the College of Nursing, is that our academic, not advisor, but she was someone who was kind of the coordinator of the program. Her name was Sandra Austin. She was there, and she was present during my entire program. She was my biggest cheerleader. So as I kind of progressed through the program, hit some hills, hit some valleys, she was one of those people, even though she had no nursing background, she was not one of the educators. She definitely lifted me up and said, a lot of people are cheering for you. A lot of people are watching you go through this process, and a lot of people are rooting for you. How many are there of you? Are you still the only? No, I'm not. We've become much more diverse even here in the state of Wisconsin. There are three of us at that practice at West Dallas, and right now there are four nurse midwives who are African-American who practice at uh, Aurora Sinai. Oh, excellent. So it's getting better. It yeah. truly is. Yeah. So who would you say your inspirations have been um, among women of color? The first one, you have your mother, you have your grandmothers who truly plant the seed of, you know, self-confidence, self-worth, telling you all the time that you're a smart child. The exterior doesn't matter as much as what the interior is. So I definitely had that foundation between my grandmothers and my mother. So that was very pro uh, profound for me. Um, I grew up in a church, of, a very uh, large church here in the city of Milwaukee, St. Mark Amy Church. And that oh, church yeah. was abundant with African-American women who I could look at. They weren't necessarily in healthcare. This is women who are of a myriad of professions, but women who would lift up the children, large Sunday school classes, very animated worship experiences. So I have several women within that network, people like Jackie Moore Bowles or um, Dorothy Wilson Buchanan, people who were just ahead of me in my age, but who I could look at as stories of success, not just professionally, but personally. Um, so those are some individuals. I also had, I was a, an intern when I started in college at UWM, um, I was chosen to be an Inroads intern. And Inroads is a program that isn't as active here in the city uh, as it used to be, but it was 
was very, very profound and um, really helped to guide my professional path. And Justine McCord, um, was, she was the vice president of urban affairs. And here was an African-American woman who was a nurse who then went into healthcare administration. And one of her biggest drives was to pull children of color out of these universities and expose them to different parts of health care. Um, she was the one that drove the nursing program and the pharmacy program as part of inroads because inroads did not have that before. Um, but she also had students who were in like IT or in business where we kind of think of inroads being focused on business and industry. Well, healthcare is a business. So she really laid the foundation for myself and some other nursing students. So she was huge as an impact on me. I wonder if we cross paths because I know for inroads once I did a poetry workshop mm. for them a Saturday morning poetry workshop. Do um, not miss those Saturday mornings. That's <laughs> for sure. <laughs> it's possible. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this year's forum theme revolves really around self care, wellness, and healing. How do you understand, experience, or practice wellness and healing within this current context with, that we're living in right sure. now? And we are in challenging times. You know, I have a very demanding career um, that is not a nine to five most of the time. The last 20 years of my life has been kind of a 24-7 thing because babies just, they don't know not to come after hours. They Most of my deliveries have been between midnight and 5 a.m. And, and I'm glad about it. It's, it's truly a blessing to me to be a part of that, part of a family's journey. Um, but wellness is very important. Self-care is very important. And that's something that I had to learn along my way um, because fatigue is very real. It can impact you not just physically, but mentally and emotionally where you're just not well. So learning to rest when your body says to rest, learning to rest when your mind says to rest, understanding where your foundation is. And for me, it's my faith. Um, so knowing when I need to kind of go into a room and be quiet and pray or meditate or read, um, those things are very important. And staying physically active and as physically well as I can through, you know, good diet, taking time to exercise when I remember to do that, um, but just making sure that those basics are covered so that I can be as well as I can for my family and for my patients. Have there been some challenges where it became just very clear to you that um, at the crux of it was that you weren't taking care of yourself? Yes, and, absolutely. And how did you overcome that? So I quit my job. There was a period of time very early in my career where I had uh, my first daughter, Gabrielle, um, and I was pregnant with my second daughter, Blair, and just did not feel well. Just didn't. I was in a very demanding practice, um, was not very patient, was not very kind, and I knew that it was because I was tired. Because midwifery is a very high-energy profession. You are on for your patients in the clinic, and you are on for your patients on the in the hospital side. Um, there's very little room for error because you're constantly watching and monitoring, keeping your patients and your babies safe. And I knew I had reached a point very early in my career where I needed to just stop and be still. So I ended up quitting my job. I had the support of my husband. Um, and throughout the pregnancy that I had, my second pregnancy, I stayed home. And I did not go back to work until that child was, I think Blair was about a year and a half. And then I went back into full scope practice, fresh eyes, fresh ears, fresh spirit. And I found myself a better nurse midwife after that and a better mom and a better wife simply because I was rested. I was able to focus on getting myself a little bit better because exhaustion was starting to take over. Um, interestingly, though, um, after that child was born, I ended up um, starting a Ph.D. program at UWM, which probably was not the smartest thing to do with two toddlers, um, but it, it came into my vision that that was what I was going to do. Um, so started that path during the time that the children were toddlers. Did you have your Ph.D.? 
I ended up changing from the PhD to the DNP, which is a doctorate in nursing practice, which I did end up finishing 13 years after I started the PhD program because there were many stops and starts that happened with that. Um, I stumbled a little bit with a couple of classes and then really stumbled and stopped with the pre, like the comps part, the portion of getting past comps to go into the research portion, got discouraged, got frustrated, stopped and started again. And then I ended up switching programs and finishing. After 13 years. So I should have I should have introduced you as Dr. Oh, sure. Laverter Sales so Martin. I, I, that's Why a, didn't you correct me? That's okay because it's, <laughs> you know, it's an academic. I don't like to get it confused on the clinical side because I'm not a physician. Um, but it is a hard-earned academic de- degree that I'm very proud of. And I'm very proud that my daughters, now I have three daughters now, very proud that they were able to see that come to fruition. They were able to see me walk across that stage. That was very important for me, for them to see their mom do the work and then achieve this terminal degree nursing. Excellent. Um, Did women of color play any role in um, um, some of the challenges that you faced on the road to uh, well-being and health? Oh, yes, definitely. Um, I had a nurse who trained me from the time that I was, even before nursing, when I finished nursing school, because I was a nurse intern at Sinai. Um, her name is Patricia Henry Kane. She was a very seasoned labor and delivery nurse. And uh, she was from French Guyana. She had a very distinct accent. And she would say, darling, you need to sit down somewhere. You need to take a minute. You need to rest your mind. And she planted those seeds of wellness even before self-care or wellness became these popular buzzwords, because she could look at someone and recognize that you were just either getting physically or mentally exhausted. And when you're that way, you just are not your best self. You're short, you might make poor clinical decisions, you might make poor life decisions. So taking care of oneself first is very essential. So I credit her with a lot of being able to focus on me so that I can be the best me for everybody else. So what impact do you hope to have on women of color? Sure. I I just hope to be a role model. I have kind of woven in and out with doing nursing instruction, and I do precept uh, clinical students, so nurse practitioner students, nurse midwife students, also physician assistant students. So I have my hand in training them on the clinical side, and it's nice to have that visibility. Because I didn't have that when I was coming through. I did not have that when I was going through my educational process. I had one um, PhD nurse at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, and her name was Dr. Dupree, and I'll never forget her because she was so supportive when I was teaching and when I was trying to get through my program there. And her visibility, just her strength and her presence meant a lot to me um, because she was where I wanted to be. So to be able to see myself in someone else, someone else who'd already gone through the journey was very encouraging. So I hope to be that for others. I hope that other girls, you know, someone from one side of the city or the other side of the city can see someone who has, you know, I came from a very strong family background. Parents worked very hard. My father's an engineer. My mother's in education. Both went to Loyola in Chicago. So they had the educational background and the, the finances to push us, but wanted to make sure that I stayed present in my community so that others can see that I can push them too. Yeah, that sort of answers the question I was thinking about. Why Marquette? Why didn't you go to Loyola? Sure. Well, at the time, Loyola didn't have a nurse midwifery program. Um, But you didn't know you wanted that yet. I didn't. (laughs) I I knew it well when I was probably a sophomore or junior in college. Again, that's when I I completed all the prerequisites for pre-med. But through inroads, I actually got to shadow a nurse midwife um, who just recently retired and witnessed a delivery with her, the first delivery I ever saw. And I knew then that that's what I wanted to do. So I changed my path and did nursing school instead. And 
so um, Marquette was what was local. I actually applied to several other midwifery schools, so Georgetown, Yale, Emory, and thought that I was going to finally leave Milwaukee. But my life path kept me here. My husband proposed uh, right before I was getting ready to leave for graduate school, so I had a choice, and I made the right choice. Um, and Marquette called. You know, Marquette was present. They were there for me. Um, they made the academic process of application and acceptance and getting me situated at the very last minute quite easy for me. What are your hopes for the future? Your future, mm-hmm. the Marquette's future, the future of our community? Sure. Yeah. Um, so I hope, I'll start with Marquette first. I hope Marquette keeps the doors open and keeps the focus on remaining um, appreciative of diversity at all levels. Um, it keeps that as a priority. So having professors, having instructors, having students who are all very different, because we run the risk, especially now, um, of, of becoming more and more homogenous, and that can be very, very isolating for children of color as they're looking to achieve higher education. And Marquette is such an excellent school. It's such an excellent university that it really, in this local community, is a pillar of excellence. So I'm hoping that diversity remains a focus in projects like this where young people can look and see other people of color, other women of color. I hope that remains a priority um, from, you know, from the from the top down, really, um, so that we can see ourselves. Um, I'm not sure what my future is going to hold. I'm still enjoying this full scope, running the highways in the middle of the night, catching babies and getting to the clinic in the morning. I'm not sure how much longer my body will allow me to do that, but I'm going to do it as long as I can. I hope to eventually kind of transition into administration. Part of my focus um, with my doctorate is managing health equity. Um, and trying to eliminate some of the health disparities. So I focused on breastfeeding um, with African-American women and really dug deep into the science behind why are our numbers so different? Why is the data so different? And I truly think that as I keep doing what I'm doing, I'm able to have an impact with the stuff that I see and the way I'm able to guide patients too. So, And I just hope our, com- our community just moves towards a position of wellness. We have a lot of violence. We have a lot of anger. We have a lot of um, individuals who just don't have a sense of self-worth for themselves. So I don't know what the answer is. I don't know if we just need to get back to our more community-focused way of raising children and and being, you know, where we have grandmas and aunties and everyone else that contributes to the wellness of children. But our community definitely needs some healing. Um, And I truly believe that institutions, religious institutions, are in a good position. Community institutions are in a good position to have an impact on our children because really that's where things get better. Those of us that are seasoned in our careers or seasoned in our education, we're seeing things happen, but our children are going to be who impacts what our future looks like. What else would you like our community to know about you and your journey? Sure. Um, I Anything is possible and, and just being open to the pivots. You know, I've always remained very uh, flexible and fluid. When I knew I wanted to be a nurse midwife, then I kind of deviated onto that path. Um, when I decided it was time for us to go ahead and start having children, then I motherhood fell into my scope. Just knowing that life changes very rapidly and we can think that we are certain about what our paths are going to be. Um, and just when you think you're certain – Things don't end up being as certain, just like I had to pivot from one academic program to another um, just to, to find that degree of success for myself. Just being flexible and fluid and listening to our voices that are speaking to our, you know, from the inside, because I truly believe that's the voice of God. When you get a really strong urge to say, maybe this isn't the right thing for you, try something else. I truly believe that that's guidance from God. Excellent. Laverta Sales Martin, <laughs> Dr. Martin, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your story. Absolutely. Thank you so much for the opportunity to share. 
Your story stands as a testament to the amazing stories in our community yet to be uncovered. Our roots say that we're sisters podcast and the mural project seek to make these stories visible. Again, thanks to our sponsor, the Marquette Forum, Marquette's Office of Institutional Diversity and Inclusion, and the Haggerty Museum of Art for your support for this project.